what's up? This is Juliet, and you're listening and watching to Broken Girl Unchained podcast. And today, today, and today, we are doing a great interview with two awesome women that I came across on Instagram. And um, one of them is an attorney, and another one is a high conflict co parenting coach. Perfect. Right? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So, um, and they're great women. They've been in these types of situations. They've probably seen everything under the moon, right? So, um, I thought it would be great to have a podcast and talk about how to outgrow mental and emotional abuse because for me, it's still going on. I'm Julie. Um, I am a high conflict co-parenting coach. Um, and basically what I do is I help individuals, mostly women like yourself who have been, you know, dealing with really difficult relationship that is now over, but that you really can't walk away from because you have kids together. Um, and so how do you really deal with this difficult, you know, relationship situation, you know, with work, working with someone who really is not interested in working with you? Right. And um, I'm Lauren. Uh, Lauren Hunt. I'm a divorce attorney um, based out of Albany, New York, which for most people who don't live in New York State, you may not know where that is. <laughs> about three hours north of New York City. Um, and I have been a uh, divorce attorney, uh, family law attorney for about a decade now. So when you said, you know, we've seen a lot, you know, Julie and I have definitely seen a whole lot. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Lot. And you know, it's, a, it's, it's kind of funny to me because I started Broken Girl with the hopes of healing. And then it's like it grew to... Um, I wanted to understand my behavior and I wanted to understand other people's behavior, you know, because I just could not wrap my brain around my ex-husband's actions. And so now it's like, I keep wanting to educate myself, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think that's a really important part is, you know, Lauren and I actually talk a lot about like knowledge is power, mm -hmm. you know, and when you're in these situations and it's really unempowering feeling because you're dealing with someone who's, you know, you kind of feel at the victim or mercy of them, um, educating yourself and the more information you have, the more, you know, the more movement you can make. Yeah, it's just like the more that I know, you would think I could see all of these red flags you know, but I, I don't. And I know that the listeners, uh, that have contacted me asking me, you know, how do I get through this or how did you get through this or whatever? It's like every situation is different and there's different dynamics. So it's like, I can't red flag anyone, you know, I can't, I can't tell anybody what to do either or not tell anybody what to do, but I can't advise anybody what to do because I'm not a doctor. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a coach. I'm just going off of what I've learned. So I think it's important to have to surround myself around people that are educated and that could give me give everyone that support system. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the I think that that's a really good point when you're going through any sort of life change. Right. Or turmoil in your life you have to find your support system right and you have to know what your support system is mm -hmm. um i think a, a part of that naturally is like the people that you could reach out to right but i also think a large part of any support system has to be um the knowledge of right. what can you do and i think so frequently people are like you know how come i didn't see this red flag or why didn't i 
you know, I wish I would have, uh, you know, looking back, right? But there's some value to be gained from your past. But I think sometimes doing that can really hurt where you are in the present. And, and probably, Julie, this is something that you deal with with your clients so, so frequently. Yeah, I think, of course, I think red flags, there's partly, you know, I think what I hear you saying um, is like, you know, it's partly looking at what what did I miss in the past, mm-hmm. but then also feeling confident to see what, what was missed and being able to apply it. Okay. And what's interesting that you said was like, you know, you have all this information, but like then it, you don't necessarily, information is different than implementation, mm-hmm. right? And so what we know is not the same thing as, um, you know, taking it and turning it into something. Um, and so, you know, just to, I guess, acknowledge you, like all the information in the world is not necessarily, you know, you can read all the textbooks in the world on surgery, but that doesn't mean you can go and perform it. And this is very much the same thing. So you know, there's, there's some work involved in, you know, getting past what happened and then also being ready to take the steps forward. And there's two, those are two different pieces. Well, if the abuse is still going on, I think like for me, most of it, and I I can actually speak on a, you know, a few of my listeners that we've been going back and forth on. I know it's still going on for them as well. You have to be emotionally strong enough to get past this. You know, and you have to be emotionally strong enough to go against them in court or to, you know, because they they just want to back you up in a corner, you know, where you feel completely helpless. So, yeah, I, I will say about that. I think you have to be emotionally strong. You're dealing with emotional things when you're dealing with someone who's abusive anyway. Right. It's just how you're going to deal with it and what level of energy and emotion you're going to put out because mm-hmm. you're either going to deal with it with fear frustration, anger, right? Or you're going to feel more empowered and take different steps. So I think either way, it's a taxing emotional situation. And it's really just a question of what kind of level of emotion do you want to be dealing with? Right. Right? It sucks. It sucks when it happens, but it is. And you know what? The reality of it is when you're dealing with someone's child, that's when it's like any mother, it would drive any mother, you know, to go on, you know, to want to protect them. And being fearful and being scared, those are all real emotions. And when someone downplays their your emotions as dramatic or crazy, you know, it's just like, those are my children. Am I not allowed to be crazy over my children? I think what you're saying, Juliet, is, is a really important point, right? Because what I see, right, so I represent people in court and Julie... Uh, she's obviously not in court, but she is helping people uh, outside of uh, the courtroom setting. And the whole, your point of, you know, how can you present not crazy, but still be caring for your child, right? right? That's something that I deal with with my clients all the time, because yes, you're in, you're dealing with your baby, right? Like my son, if if I didn't know when I was going to see him next, I don't even know how it would continue to survive, right? right? And so how can you translate that emotion? I think that's really the job of an attorney is how can you really translate the emotion that your client has to something that's like palpable and understandable by a judge who typically is like, I'm kind of done with this case, right? Like most of the time judges are just like, go figure it out. I don't want to do it. On with the next. (laughs) Exactly. And so it's a tough job, right? It's a tough challenge because for the for the client, the person moving through it, you know, they just want to be heard, and that's not necessarily why judges are there. In a way, you think that they are there, right? You think that they're there to hear your story and to help you find out a solution. But that's not, in my experience, that's not actually like what 
judges typically do, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they just are kind of like trying to move the case along. Right. Yeah, the other thing too, like Juliet, what you had said too earlier about, you know, am I not allowed to be angry? You know, am I not allowed to care? And of, like, of course you're allowed to care and of course you're allowed to be angry. And frankly, you can show it however you want. Right. But the, what, what I do and where I get involved is helping you show it in a way in that a gets way. you what you want. And right. healthy, healthy for you, right. because like sometimes anger is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Some, but sometimes it's like you're literally screaming to nobody because what? Do you, what's your goal? What do you get? What are you going to get? Right. For like, you're going to really teach them a lesson? Right. Probably not. They're not right. going to learn. It's not. So what are you wasting your energy for? And that's really, it's not about that you can't care, and it's not about that you can't be angry, and it's not about that you can't hate this. It's just about, okay, this is what it is. What do I want to do about it? Because what I'm doing and the yelling and screaming and getting into it is certainly not helping me. And it's definitely not helping the kids. Well, yeah. What and- I mean is from the legal side of things is that the yelling and screaming, sometimes it detracts from the message that the judge hears. Right. And so it sometimes can have, uh, you know, it, you're taking two steps back rather than two steps forward. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about trying to get over the mental or emotional abuse, I think sometimes the way you respond can help propel you so far beyond it because when you're dealing with a narcissist or a sociopath or somebody like that, they want that response, right? They know what the response is, what their actions are going to trigger. And so when you don't give it to them or you don't give it to them in the way that they've been expecting, they're like, what the heck? What what do I do now? Right? That's, um, and that's the issue that I'm running into because it's like I'm I'm doing the gray rock uh, technique and I'm just like not entertaining anything, not asking him how he's, you know what I mean? I'm just not being the co-parent that I wanted to be. And he's panicking. He's like planning trips, taking my kids and, you know, leaving one out when it's not, it's, it's rejection on his end. It's abandonment on his end. And I'm dealing with picking up his pieces and then his sisters, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that's the struggle. Taking your daughter's phone and driving by his house and by your house to make it look like she's I'm like, like you're stalking, stalking him, him. right? <laughs> I mean, it's bad because it's like my daughter's logged in into my iCloud. So it tracks, you know, my locations and stuff like that. And I'm showing, yeah. I'm showing Mike, I'm like, I was asleep, <laughs> you know, right. at this time frame. <laughs> right. You were asleep. It was yeah. like almost six in the morning, ironically, right about when he gets off of work and all of a sudden there's this big loop that goes by. I would definitely recommend documenting this story. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, what is documentation? This is a really good, this is a really good question for Lauren too, because she and I have spoken about this too, about like, you know, what does how how to document and how does it actually benefit you right because sometimes something like that happens and you're like who do i talk to right and it's like but it's not necessarily enough to build a case but you it's the pieces that you're collecting to build the case but more i probably tell you yeah no i i always look at it as like layering on a sunday right like you you have to have enough pieces to the sunday for to actually be like something to dive into right and that's like where so many times people come to me and they're like, yeah, but there was all these like little things. I didn't document them. I didn't write them down. I just kind of remember them. And I'm like, okay, that's wonderful. Except if we want to go forward to court, you need to have, you know, this happened approximately on this date. You need to have a certain amount of um, 
material to rely on. That's why I email him and he claims harassment. For me, the email part is like, okay, I know this seems like a little too much, but it's my documentation, letting him know that I'm aware. If that, is that good or not? It's paper trail. Right. I think, I mean, Lauren can probably answer from, um, so I can answer from like what I do from a communication standpoint, and then right. Lauren can answer from like the legal standpoint, um, and hopefully it li- aligns. Hopefully <laughs> 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 we had it the same. <laughs> but I think it's... <laughs> So I actually do the same. And when I, um, if you know, if it's important and I, I know, right, so, but part of what I do so it doesn't become harassing is I understand the pieces of the Sunday. So this has to do with knowledge is power. So I kind of know what I need that documentation and what that looks like. So when I'm sending that message to my ex saying, for documentation purposes, I'm letting you know, dot, 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 I actually, it's, it's, not, it's not like just bombarding with all this crap that I'm like, right, telling him how bad he is of a person kind yeah, of thing. I do. Because that's, that's, that's the thing we don't want, right? And I saw some of the email trails that you had <laughs> sent. And there's, you know, I think the good news is there's a lot of opportunity for you oh, good. <laughs> to really create some bet, you know, some more, some just less crap. I know. Between, you know, because well, why do you need it? And I think like for me, I've been with him since I, I was with him since I was 14 years old. Mm, so yeah, it's so you like, grew up with him. yeah, so I automatically fall into that bad behavior, even though I'm self-aware and I try to reframe myself, but it's like almost like a natural instinct. Mm-hmm. It's like an addiction in a way. It's like an automatic like trigger. Pro- I always talk about your, pro- your trigger and it triggers your process. Well, and they, they've and already, process. Es- they've already established their own communication pattern and they're not healthy ones yeah you know? they're not and I've been trying to tell right. her like dude just cut and dry just the facts mm-hmm. like here's the facts yeah. violation yeah, of that. line 10 <laughs> you know like like you did this this is a violation of this line on our court yeah. order it's documented on this day boom 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 end of story you know? yeah but how do you That's outgrow that how do you outgrow those negative behaviors? Because I'm trying to, honestly, I really am. I'd say practice makes perfect, right? But it doesn't help that he is exhibiting being a jerk. Well, he knows how to, <laughs> he knows how to push your buttons. That really, really is hard when yes. they're a jerk. Can I just say, so there's a joke in, like, in, in attorney world, right? And we're always like, I just want to say one time, like, objection ridiculous. Like, one time when somebody's on the stand, and she'll be like, objection, this is ridiculous. Right. And this like, is absurd. Exactly <laughs> right? Like, that's exactly, like, sometimes you get these things and you're just like, no, no, like, this is ridiculous. Like, why right. is this my life? Right. right? <laughs> sorry. I say that, that on a again. daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> my life but needs to be a lifetime movie. <laughs> In the you're just like, wait a minute, pause. Why right. is this? actually happening you know i think sometimes when when you have those moments of like why is this happening like that's the t- that's the time when you do need to pause and be like am i heading down the path that always makes me upset right. that leads to the result i don't like you know and and that's like julie's that's julie's side <laughs> yes help, <laughs> help me julie because and i know that um a couple of my listeners they go through that too you know where everybody i think it's really common in this i think this is why you know i have clients because this this so first thing is this is a variation of normal right so there's divorce and then there's divorce in a really high conflict situation and it's you know you're not the only one in it but not everyone's divorce is that level. Mm-hmm. So understanding that first, this 
variation of normal and then how you get through it. Um, I'm sorry, I kind of lost my trail That's for okay. a second. So let me back up. So you were saying like, how do you get through it? And getting past it is a process. So like you don't have to be over something to start changing it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to understand your ex to understand your own response. And then the other piece of it is, I don't think we get over things like this. Mm -hmm. I think we grow with it. So we learn to deal in an environment while carrying it at the same time. You're not, you know, you can't cut off your arm just like you can't cut off years of your life. This is just what you experienced. And it's a matter of growing with it in a way that works for you. You just, you know, it's, it's not a matter of what you're entitled to. It's not a matter of what's fair. It's like, this is my reality. What is, what can I do that makes sense for me? Right. No, I can definitely say that I have worked really, really hard on mm. who I was three years ago opposed to who I am now and changing my communication and changing um, the way I co-parent. And, you know, it, it. what is a huge trigger for me is how he automatically resorts to I'm lying. You know what I mean? And it's just like you're you're testing my yeah. integrity and you're calling my children a liar. You Interesting. Know? So what's really good information right there. And so is you now know that that's a trigger. Mm -hmm. So you are, you have it. It's like, I talk about like, you know, it's like playing baseball and the difference of like if the ball comes at your head and you're not ready and now it knocks you in the face. Right. Yeah. So Cause know. I just said it out loud. <laughs> so it knocked right. me in the face. <laughs> you know, that ball is coming. You know, he's going to call you a liar. So mm -hmm. put your glove up, put your glove up, catch mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do the next time he calls you a liar? You're yeah. going to try to convince him you're not. Does that work? Are you going to be like, okay, great. You think I'm a liar and whatever, move on. Like, what do you, and that's the, it's the planning in advance. What do you suggest that I do or anyone that's yeah, going through so this? My suggestion is, right, is understanding the difference between facts and opinion. He can call you a liar, but you either lied or you didn't. So he's saying it and that's his, you don't need to convince him otherwise, but you don't necessarily need to agree. And it's learning the art of acknowledging his version, but not agreeing with it. Ah. Okay, I understand that you think I'm a liar. However, this is this is my understanding of the situation. Whatever. Right, you right, right. You just keep right. going. You just keep moving along with your version. I and love like, it's that. like knock the pins out. You don't even need it. And let me just say from like the lawyer side of things, right? So I think that that is a perfect technique when, because when you're talking about documenting, here's the problem that happened. <laughs> when you're documenting something, what often happens when you're dealing with somebody who's like a narcissist or a sociopath or just generally problematic, that, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. let's just be like as general as possible. They know <laughs> how to do that. They know how to derail you. They know how mm -hmm. to derail the conversation to bring out exact the, cra the quote unquote crazy right. or the quote unquote difficult side, right? And then all of a sudden your attempt at documenting something has now been turned around to something that I'll possibly could be used to get you, right? So what I see is a really good option when you're talking about documenting is the big ticket things, absolutely send the email, make it, you know, if they, if you get a response, uh, Julie has this amazing communication guide. And so 100% you should pick it up. It's for, it, it's free. I think I, oh it's like God. a, it's, yes, it's amazing. I it's signed like, up for your email, Julie. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not sure if you'll get it through that. But I can share it with you to share it with the audience. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So it's great. And when you get the response, so like let's say you sent the documenting email, right? Like I just want to document, blah blah blah, nothing else. Like you just here are the facts. Done. Email is sent. 
you get back the response that's like, oh, oh, it says it either says, you know, you're lying or whatever. You then have to make a decision as to do I want to respond to this? Do I have to respond to this? Not want. Do I have to respond to this? Sometimes you don't. Yeah, you because don't. Because if you do respond, you're going to derail that conversation and what turned it, what was starting as this is perfect documenting for my layered Sunday then turns into, oh God, you know, 17 email chains later that oh, I know. let me tell you, no judge is going to read. <laughs> I know. Your, your documentation turned out to be a personal story between you and your ex. Right. I'm like, are you guys yeah. still fucking fighting? I know. Fighting, well, dude? it's crazy. Like last <laughs> night, you know, I'm trying to drop off food for my daughter's you know, because he wouldn't allow them to come home with me. And it's just like, it turned into this shit show. Yeah. And it was just food. And he's like, don't you ever come to my house again and announced. And I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. and I'm still so arguing one with of the you. Things, <laughs> yeah. And it's, and we, you know, it's getting sucked in. And like what Lauren had said before about, you know, like the, the derailing, you know, one of the things that's super important, right? You And I've said this, like, you can't wing this. You can't just go into these conversations and just expect it to work out well because it never has. So like, it's not going to just start. There's, it, you just have to plan. Like, why am I in this conversation? If I'm in this conversation for documentation and now it's done, I don't Ooh, need you anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's like once you get yes, stop asking. So you get what you needed. You have to get out, but you have to know why you're in the conversation in the first place. Otherwise, you don't know when you've reached your end. And that's one of the things that we work on is really just planning and thinking through what your goal is so you know when you've gotten it, right? Because the goal the goal is definitely not to get involved in a back-and-forth conversation for hours right. with your ex. We know that's not the goal. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like purposeful conversation, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we, we... I love that. And we've talked about that before, you know? Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you want to accomplish from this conversation? Well, I want to document yeah. that he did X, Y, and Z. Okay, well then document X, Y, and Z. And then move on. And then when he hits you back with, oh, you're a piece of shit, you're a horrible mom, you're all this other sort of stuff, you just don't, you just, that's when the gray rock kicks back in. Thank you for documenting. Exactly. And you know what? That's, keep this guy. He knows what he's talking about. (laughs) And like, but it's like thinking, you know, I tell some of my clients too, if you sense something and it's really just an FYI and here I'm letting you know this and they come back at you with this like nasty, abusive, it's almost like, thank you yes. for documenting the asshole that I knew you are. And I'm going to just step back and give you the stage. And we, for, and I think, that, you know, the fear of the past abuse and, you know, is brings us to this place of like protection, protection yes. without recognizing like you're putting in way too much effort there because they're going to do it all by themselves. I think you just have to let them. I, yeah. <laughs> He's applauding you. I'm giving you a oh. standing ovation. I right know. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, see the more, you know, well, it's not that it's like Mike has told me, but I think for, for some reason, it's like when I'm in the moment, everything, it's like tunnel vision. And there is no rationale. Yeah. With, and I yeah. think because yeah, that's because it's too late. You, you're waiting too long, right? You missed you missed your trigger. I think it's when, especially when there's people that are, are too close to the situation too, you know, like I know her, you know, I spend a lot of time with her. And so it, I could tell her all day long that like, you know, oh, you should, you should probably do this. But I don't even, I guess I'm saying I, I don't really understand my role. I, I, I'm objective. So I'm on the outside looking in, but then it's like, oh, well, you don't understand you're not going through this. This isn't you. And, and it's like, I'm just trying to be helpful sometimes, but mm. at the same time being empathetic to her situation and, and her thoughts and Let her feelings. Say, I think your role can honestly be sometimes to take the phone away or to take the method of communication away. Because I think this is the other thing 
on um, documenting is, you know, if you have that type of response, you need to give yourself a 24 hour wait time because half the, to, before you respond. Yeah, that's what Billy said. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just so key because you need to let the emotions die down so that you can accurately determine, do I actually need to respond to this? Because another thing with documenting is you don't have to actually document by emailing them every single time. So I, when I'm approaching a case with a client and we're thinking about, you know, where are we in that Sunday on layering everything, right? What I talk with them about is like, okay, for, so going forward, these big, I, these big types of events, you want to you wanna send the email to make it clear that like, yes, this happened. Other events, you just keep your own running list on a daily basis as to whatever happened. Because sometimes, and quite actually quite frequently, you need to make the determination as to what's best for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Do I want to start this converse, this potential communication with them, which is probably going to go nowhere, um, <laughs> or do I do I just need to document it for my own purposes? And right. to document it for your own purposes, literally get a Google Calendar that nobody else can has access to. Right? Mm -hmm. Open up your own brand new Google account, Google Calendar. And at the end of every day, a quick little note in your calendar as to what did or didn't happen, um, positives and negatives, right? Right. I, I think sometimes when you're dealing with somebody who's so high conflict like that, that's your best form of documenting because then you aren't creating the potential for that email the, chain. The that, interaction, yeah. Yep, because once that email chain gets going, I'll tell you, you bring that into court and no, every judge is going to say, I don't care. You both look you both look crazy. In both this. Look right, crazy. right, right. Now, how much no. of this will, how much of that do they actually, will they actually look at? I remember that, <laughs> that Juliet had, um, we, we, you know, I helped her out. We spent time. We even got the lined legal paper and mm -hmm. all that other shit, you know, like to try to make it look as official as possible. I know, the petition. And yeah. it was just straight up documentation, you know. On this date, this happened, violation of this line. On mm -hmm. this date, this happened, violation of this line. On this date. And when they went into mediation, the mediator looked at it and was just like, yeah, fuck it. I, I don't even, I'm not even looking at this. You no, know, the or, mediator said, okay, I'll go ahead and show the judge. Yeah. And then nothing, And then just took it and didn't even do anything. And I'm like, can you at least view it? You know? And he's like, yeah, I'll go ahead and send it to the judge. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And he just took it. He and there's like line item by line item violations that is unhealthy for the kids. Unhealthy for me. Like if he takes my daughter and gets braces without my knowledge, I'm like, what the heck just happened? Well, and you spent hours compiling that and putting it together too. Yeah, that is definitely a, a problem that I see. Uh, you know, a lot of the times with people who are representing themselves, mm -hmm. um, it's just the manner in which they format their petition sometimes isn't the most persuasive to a judge. And I'm not saying that you have to hire an attorney to be able to do it persuasively, but here's the key difference. Judges and court staff and media, they want it to be as simple as possible, right? They want to be able to scan it. So if you just do big, like, main sections and say, uh, continual violation of the term saying he can't disparage me, I'm just making it up. And then you literally, like, that's your big main heading, right? And then under that, you just literally list like every single day. You don't have to list exactly what he did or said, but just say it happened on these days. That way, when a judge is quickly scanning it, they don't have to read each and every allegation. They just know, oh, there's like five main violations. And under that is like 17 times that he violated that term. Gotcha. So sometimes reframing it can be really helpful. 
I'm still not guaranteeing that a judge is ever going to read it all. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because I can't. <laughs> Would you recommend like going through the lines of the court order and just have a big heading like here's a violation of line 22, which says this, and these are the days it happened or? And can I interject from like a backup for a second? So one of the things that I'm hearing is like there's a difference also between something happening and leveraging your agreement and the documentation, right, to and to like take care of it versus looking for ways to get your ex, right? Like if you're going through and looking for ways to be like, you know, um, looking because I think a lot of times in these situations, we, you're looking for help in any way to get like some kind of protection. So right. you try to find the court, like what can the court do? So you try to build this case. But the reality is, is the court can't do anything unless they're actually violating some law. Right. And then they can help you with that law, but it doesn't fix the other problems. So like, I'm not sure if that's what no, I'm no, like no. getting at, but yeah. like this, you know, looking for all these different things and like, well, he did this and this and this, as opposed to we need to fix this. What information matters? I think for the the biggest problem that myself and uh, my uh, few of my listeners is the communication. You know what I mean? Is the communication when you're dealing with um, you know someone with a personality disorder? Their main goal is to hurt you, and mm-hmm. and they don't care if the kids are being hurt. They don't care who they hurt in the process. They just want to hurt you. So it's like for someone like me, and I can speak on, you know, a couple of my other listeners um, that have reached out. It's like we become manic sometimes. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, that's that's common that you take on right the 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 abused takes on the traits of the abuser in response to the abuse, mm-hmm. and then like Lauren was saying, it looks like you're both crazy, right? And so the thing that's really important, um, and the reason I work with client with people just like you is because. Those emotions are there, and this is really hard, but there's real. a time and place. And right. but this is but your ex is not where you're gonna manage your emotions. Yeah, exactly. You're not and so yes, it's difficult. Yes, you have to protect your kids. Yes, that's scary, but there's you know, you're not going to be effective doing it through your ex. So get in and out and then expend the energy doing what you need to do to protect your kids, to give them tools, to whatever. Right. But this conversation of ours does nothing. For anybody, and yeah. it definitely doesn't protect your kids, and it doesn't help your. It's just, it's literally just an ineffective process, and you just are like reprogramming the computer to have a more effective process. And if anything, what I've often hear from clients is like, I just want them to be, them being their co-parent. I why can't he see this, or why can't she see right. this, um, or you know. Um, like why won't they just obey the order? Right. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You can't make anybody do what they don't want to do, right? right? Like, if they don't want to change and become a better person, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes people look at the courts, and this is kind of what Julie was saying, like, they look at the court as, like, they will make them follow the order. Quite a, No, no. Even a judge can't can't make somebody follow an order. They have that, that individual has to inherently want to follow it. So you sometimes have to make a call as to, okay, when is my mental health, what is my mental health worth to me? What do I actually think I could get relief from, from a, from a judge? And, you know, that's where an attorney can provide you that type of advice. And is the, the, the struggle that comes with any court application, is that worth it to me? Right? So like if somebody comes to me and they're like, I want to make this other, I want them to follow the order. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't really get you that in court, mm-hmm. right? Here's what I could get you. 
you know, I could get you maybe sole custody or something, whatever it is. Um, I could potentially, like, that could be a potential result. Um, but you have to be willing to take on all of the other mental hurdles that come with a court action. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not that's not a cost benefit that people are willing to make, and I think that's okay. You know? Yeah, I know that. I would say the past couple times that I've got really upset, I have had to actually just extract myself, like you know, take myself on a time out and just be like, I need space because this is not mentally healthy for me. And I'm really upset right now. <laughs> you know, I do yeah. not even want to waste my energy on this right now. Cause that's great. And can I just say, you were talking about, like, we were talking about the process before and kind of what you're saying. It's like, if for you, if you know that from now on, right, from today, what time is it? 7 06 p.m. New York time, going forward, Juliet does not respond to messages from her ex without waiting for at least, you know, 24 hours or one hour or two hours or whatever. So Mm -hmm. like you get a message and you know, your very first step is to give it to walk away. Right. Right. And like, so that's like what you're saying, creating that space and giving that, you know, it's important with every step. It's important before you respond to an email and knowing that space and that time is going to be super important. It's always going to be your first, the first thing you look for in training your brain. And that goes to preparing for court as well. Right. You're not going to get you don't want to go into the ring without understanding what the fight looks like. Right. And, yeah. you know, and that's really important. I think a lot of times we go to court hoping they're just going to help, but not really understanding what's involved in those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So uh, let me ask you this, Lauren, uh, for women, you know, that can't afford an attorney and they're looking at a long battle or, you know, I mean, for me, we've followed the same order for what going on four years and it, he still hasn't mastered it, you know? And it's like, not only that, but it's like- I never will, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he did, He has no respect for the law, no respect for the court, and no respect for the kid's mental health. So I, let me ask you this, how do women like us, how do we prep for a long battle? How do we prep for court if we're representing ourselves? I think that's such a great question. So there's a couple of things you can do, right, on the legal side, and then there's a couple of things you can do on the on the mental side. And I, and I will let Julie touch on that because okay. I think how do you prep mentally is as just as big of a component as how do you prep legally, right? Okay. Like, with, or meaning like with your lawyer or not, you know, if you're self-represented. So on the legal side of things, I really think that if you can uh, – like, you know, get the money together just even for a consult with an attorney to um, to go through your case. And a lot of attorneys, like I do strategy sessions, right? So somebody will come to me, we will sit down for an hour and a half to two hours or an hour. Um, and I'll go through and I'll create essentially like a, a roadmap for them, right? Sometimes that can be really, really helpful because then, yes, you might not be able to pay for full representation, but you've at least gotten an attorney's eyes on your on your matter and gotten an idea as to, okay, if I present this in this way, I will be doing it in the most effective way possible. Mm. And that's key, right? Because yes, you can throw all of the spaghetti at the wall, right? I'm hoping that it sticks, because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the most effective way to do it, because judges, they're they're overloaded, especially now when courts have been closed for so long. You need to to present everything in the most effective way possible. And a lot of the times that's condensing things uh, into very easy to digest nuggets. 
so certainly one great option could be even paying for a consult with an attorney. Uh, if you can't pay for, an, for a consult with an attorney, which absolutely is a lot of people in this world, um, there are, you know, a lot of the times you can get a consult with um, like legal aid or like a legal aid attorney or in New York, there are several organizations for victims of, of domestic violence that will do free one hour consults. Um, so certainly look into free options as well. Let me ask you this. Is there anything like a legal? Um, can you start a conversation with with a with an attorney online? Ask some general questions. Yeah, probably not. Um, I don't know of any online services like that, likely because of uh, conflicts of interest and, and issues that would be associated with that. But they, I do know in California, there is um, HelloDivorce.com, which uh, is I believe just specifically to divorce, but it is a way to do um, where you hire an attorney for like a limited engagement. So basically you hire them just for like a one hour consult with them or, or something like that. Can you hire um, an attorney just to represent you one time? So it, that depends upon the state rules. In New York state, you can enter into a limited engagement uh, retainer with an attorney. So I have a lot of people that retain me just for legal advice, right? And so basically they represent themselves through family court. They'll meet with me for however long they need before or after court. Um, and I, it's like that strategy session I just talked about. And basically I give them the roadmap. They continue to follow it. Mm-hmm. And if they have questions, they come back to me. Ah, that's really good to know. Okay. Okay. So think creatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I have my podcast. I'm connecting with people. And not only that, but I've come to understand and, and I'm self-aware now. Before I wasn't self-aware, so I didn't know what, it, I mean, you consciously know what your bad decisions are. You know what I mean? But you don't really understand the gravity of it all until you start diving into the mental health aspect, until you start talking and communicating communicating to other people and you're like am I am I freaking crazy right now you know what I mean am I not allowed to feel this way because it's like you're being gaslighted for so long that you just don't understand not that you don't understand but you're just your emotions are downplayed there's a lot of self-doubt coming Mm -hmm. in this and then you're dealing in a situation that you have a lot of uncertainty around anyway because you know nobody but lawyers seems to understand the law but um and so yeah so it's a really uncertain convoluted process right with all the stakes right that are like all your highest stakes available to you and then right you're coming and dealing with a person who's sort of instills a lot of doubt along right so it's just like a perfect storm of a very difficult situation right um, and so I think like what Lauren had said you know having the support system, like when we're talking about preparation for mental health, we know how we deal with stress. And I think, you know, recognizing that this is going to be that stress, like knowing and putting those things in place in advance is really just important, right? Making sure you have kind of like the things that you're going to need available to you, you know, because you don't know what's going to come up. You don't know how long it's going to, you know, or how it's going to impact you or how tired you're going to be. You're going to need all the support you can get yeah you know you ladies have like did something for me today and Mikhail too he's all mad at me (laughs) he's like I've been telling you this (laughs) well you can't hear it from your close you have to hear it from you know it's like your mom can tell you something 99 times and then someone else says it once you're like of course it always (laughs) has to it always has to come from you know someone that's what that's been the nice thing about yeah 
about having, you know, guests like you and, and guests like some of the other ones we've had on is to help her and, and help our listeners just figure all this stuff out. Yeah, because this know? is not easy. No, the, it's not. The last thing you want is to, to watch someone you care about go through this knowing that, that you're kind of ineffective, even though logically you yeah. can step back and be like, man, my advice is great. Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm giving great advice right. here, it's, but you're too close to the situation. And, and it's nice having an objective opinion, especially an yeah. expert opinion. That, especially one that's agreeing with yours. Right. <laughs> I know. I told you. Can I, so can I just offer just maybe if, um, so this is just a tool that can be really helpful for partners, um, for you as a mom, like that you can use with your kids. You know, it's really hard, right? Feeling in effect and wanting to help and give advice. And, you know, one of the things that's, you know, you can always do is acknowledging. You just acknowledge what she's going through. Validating. 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 And there is no such thing as over-acknowledging or over-validating. Like, we cannot underestimate the amount that that can actually reduce stress in another person. Oh, my God. Um, And so thinking about that for yourself as well, you can validate and acknowledge yourself. Validate and acknowledge your kids. Even validating and acknowledging your ex can help bring down a provoked situation oh, you know to make it easier true. for you to work work things out. So let me ask you this question. Because they like their ego stroke. Well, yeah. That's of course, the, we the, all do. That's right? the, the narcissistic <laughs> yeah. side. What does that mean as far as validating goes? Like we have a lot of people who listen who are going through their own stuff, but they also have they have partners and new spouses and and. And let's face it, you know, like when you're with somebody or you're close to somebody there, those you get in, you're involved in those issues, whether you want to be in them or not. So yeah, what, yeah, by what, default. what would be a strategy that you could give some of our listeners to help them with that validation process? So you don't make things worse than by, yeah. by, by coming yeah. across as, as insensitive or cold. Okay. So the first thing um, I would say to, for listeners who are, you know, like Juliet in this position, recognizing how hard it is on your partners as well, right? Mm-hmm. And that they're just trying. Then the one, I'm going to give you like a really simple way to kind of help alleviate and not get someone's defenses up. And that's asking a question. So you, she's going through it. You don't know what to do. You want about like, how can I help you? What can I do to help right now? What do you need from me? If someone is really lost it and they yell at you for that, you just need to back away and give them right, space. But if right. you ask, then let them tell you. You don't have to figure it out. It's not your job. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Standing <laughs> ovation. <laughs> I'm going to rent out Carnegie Hall for you guys. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I hope that helps. You know, one yes. of the things is, you know, validating is just I hear you. Mm-hmm. I see you. I listen. I'm, I'm listening. I'm validating your experience by hearing it. Everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be validated. And it really does actually change our physiology when we're heard because our emotions now have been effective and they don't have to keep communicating. We don't have to keep yelling if someone's telling you, I hear you, Mm -hmm. right? Like I I can stop yelling. They heard me. Mm -hmm. So it's, I hear you. I see you. What can I do for you? What do you need? Can I, can I offer a suggestion? I have a thought. Can I, can I share it with you? Do you want to hear my advice? You know, asking permission, asking a question will always kind of help let you know if the door is open for you to go through. You are amazing. Both of you ladies. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like you put a lot of things in perspective for me because mm. even though I've been working, all, you know, put in all this work on myself and, 
you know, in my co-parenting ship and in my relationship and in my friendships, it's like sometimes you just get lost in that tornado when, so normal. If, you know, you just need someone to bring you back down. And that's what I needed. That's why I was like kind of grasping at straws, so to speak. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm doing, if I'm doing things right, if I'm doing things wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm fearful. I'm angry. I'm emotional. It's like all of these emotions were coming into play. And then it's like, I just needed validation. You know, I needed to be mm-hmm. validated if my emotions were valid, you know, because these are my children at the end of the day. And, you know, when everything's said and done, no mother wants to be without their children. Right. And it can be tough, especially when someone's in that state Mm -hmm. and they're, they're asking you to help and you're just like, fuck, I don't even know. I don't even know how to help. I don't have any, I don't have any useful advice in this situation, you know? And it's like, and then, you know, it gets, it gets tough to, you want to be there, but at the same time, you just feel about as, you know, useless as plastic tongs in a fire. It's a really tough situation. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was saying. It's a variation of normal. You're not the only one, but it's not something that you just kind of know what to do. It doesn't fix itself. It's not something you'd have to deal with on a normal basis. So it's something like it it throws a lot of people for a loop because, you know, who's, who's dealt with this before. Right. So, yeah. And that's, you know, that's why you're going to call me when you have an issue (laughs) and we're going to work through it. And then Lauren's going to help us out because it it is a lot. And you know, there's, it's just a couple, we just talked for a little bit and it's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's nothing that's like brain surgery. It's just, you know, there's so much going on. It's hard to like see the, see the things that matter around all the crap, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting through the noise is really the only, is, is only able to happen when you have somebody else that's willing to do it for you. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest issue for Mike and I is that, there was just all that noise and you know we just couldn't make out everything you know and some of it is so dramatic and so unnecessary unnecessary and so disheartening (laughs) you know probably most of it yeah (laughs) exactly Yeah, yeah yeah you know it's disheartening and at the end of the day it's like oh my god you're only eight you know or oh my god you're only 14 and you're already going through this you know Mm. and or it's like and then I feel bad for my partner that has to witness my breakdown or witness my brokenness and it's like I feel like he doesn't deserve that so it's like that whole dynamic you know, all you can do is try and keep looking for things that work. So her partners made the choice to be there and stick through that stuff. You know, that you just want to do, you want to do the right thing. You know, you don't, you don't yeah. want to, you know, like I said earlier, and we've talked about this when, when you care about someone, when they hurt, you hurt. And, and especially for, and I don't mean to be like gender specific, but for, for guys and girls, I think it's different. You know, guys are fixers, you know, Oh, the dishwasher's broken. I'm going to go fix the dishwasher. Oh, your heart's broken. I'm going to go fix. Let me, let me, let me get out my tools and wait, this crescent wrench doesn't work here, you know, or whatever. Like, well, now what the hell do I do? You, know? you go to another yeah. store. No, right. Like, is, is Lowe's still open? <laughs> you guys are, have been so awesome. And thank you so much for joining us, Lauren and Julie. Um, thank you guys so much. Yeah. And where can, you, can we give out your social media handles? Um, how can my listeners find you? Um, all that other good stuff. Sure. So you can find me at Lauren Hunt ESQ on Facebook and Instagram. Beautiful. And I'm Aspire to Growth on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, 
Yes, and I will send you the PDF of the guide so you can link that and, and share it. And um, yeah, reach out anytime, any questions, because and definitely follow us, you know, that free information. We we share a lot. Yes. So Laura and I are good people to put in your circle because now There's let me value there yes oh my god yes for sure um let me ask you this ladies before uh lauren has to leave or both of you um is there any way i could put out on my social media any like ask for questions if any of my listeners have questions or whatever to get that engagement you know what i of mean course. and of course because i know i know i know i know that i'm not the only one going through this and You're not. Uh, absolutely yeah. not that's absolutely not um yes any questions for me is fine um and yeah so and you're and it's okay if you want to send them to and um, we can okay send them to whoever it's relevant for if that you know if you're not sure well, I, I was thinking so. that, that maybe we can do another podcast or something like that and answer some of those questions whatever works yeah oh. yeah that sounds good to me beautiful awesome. beautiful thank you so much ladies for joining thank you Mikael thank you and so I. much oh you guys are adorable <laughs> thank, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and again <laughs> bye and again until we meet again Till next time. This is Juliet, and you're listening and watching to Broken Girl Unchained. <laughs>